This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Morning, church. I just want to speak about prayer. The prayer team and Marcelo leads a prayer team. It's awesome. They got together and they were talking about what's going good, what we could do better, how we could help. And um, I just remember something that happened to me when I came up and got prayer. Many things, actually, but one story where often you, um, you're sitting in church and you get a message. And I think the message that day was on Jesus is not only Saviour, but Jesus is Lord. And uh, it really confronted me that you know, I wasn't making Jesus number one. I wasn't making him Lord of everything. And um, I don't know about you guys, but you just get that sort of niggling and you, 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 want to, you realise that, you know, you need to repent and you, then you want to get a sort of a wipe the slate clean, get a fresh dose of God and all that. And um, during the service, the word agenda came on my mind and I was like, I'm always running my own agenda, you know, and my agenda, God's on my agenda, but he's second and third sometimes. So I just had this word agenda and I came up to Marcelo to pray and told him that story, and when I said the word agenda, he, he got quite emotional because he was, when the prayer team's up here, they're, or before the service even, they're praying about the church, and they're asking God, like, who needs healing, who needs word of encouragement, what's on your heart today, Lord, for everyone here, and uh, Marcelo had obviously done that, and he knew that God was saying someone's running their own agenda, they want to get back, you know, and he prayed with me and we had a, such a powerful time. And I just remember instantly the joy of the Lord filling me and wiping away all that other stuff that I'd been a bit maybe condemning myself over. So there's a couple of other things on prayer. I was thinking about it because any time you've got to come up here and speak, it's really good. It makes you go and <laughs> it makes you go read a lot. Uh, so I encourage you just to commit to coming up the front if you get asked. Um, but there's different prayers, different reasons. Um, but I've found the most powerful prayers are the ones where you're sitting there and you're confronted and it could be a topic where you know if you ask for prayer up the front, as soon as you stand up, you might think, gee, that's going to be an admission of guilt. Every, everyone here is going to perhaps know or judge me for that thing. But what that's saying is you're putting that stuff ahead of the power of God to set you free from that, to forgive you from that. And um, God's grace is more powerful than those things. And I think, I love that word where it says, you know, the devil knows your um, name, but he calls you by your sin. You know, God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. You know, so God's never going to call you up by your sin. He's calling you up because he loves you. Anyway, but um, I don't want this to turn into a sermon. But actually, here's, here's one. I got up really early yesterday and went to the gym, and it was like 5.30, and I hadn't had much sleep, and I just forced myself to go. And at the end, I, you know, it was just so good. I, and it made me realise I don't think I've ever done a workout and afterwards regretted doing it. And then I was thinking about prayer. <laughs> oh, you have, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got an injury, you need some prayer. But it made me think, like, who, who here has come up for prayer before? Stick your hand up. Who's come up the front? Okay. Now, leave your hand up if you've ever regretted that. 
you will never regret coming up the front and getting prayer. And it's also the biggest thing about coming up the front, because you can pray at home in private, you can do lots of prayer, we could do a whole 10 sermons on prayer, but coming up the front to get prayer, it's an act of faith. And there's two verses I just want to read on that. In Acts 12 verse 7 it said, and this is when Peter was in prison, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. So there's a couple of other longer amplified versions. But basically, Peter stood up, then his chains fell off. And the last one is in Luke 8, 43 to 48. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on uh, physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So come up like that woman and expect Jesus to touch you and that power you will receive as well. Thanks. That's good, Sam. All right, I'm going to call up... uh... Stephen, and he, um, he's from our Presto's, Preston's campus, uh, Presto's campus, Pistachio's campus, um, and uh, he's going to be sharing the message with us this morning. Good morning. I feel much higher than you all. It's a bit strange, but um, I'm from the, thank you, I'm from the Preston's campus. I used to come to this campus, so some of you will know me, but if not, my name is Stephen. Nice to meet you. Um, great to see all your beautiful faces. Miss me, that's lovely. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. What an amazing opportunity to speak here, Lord. Um, Lord, I don't take this lightly, and I pray that you move this morning. I pray that you change us uh, and reveal yourself to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come and you touch us and transform us, God, as you do. As we sung before, Lord, that um, you come and you move, Lord, uh, and we ask you to do that this morning. So I thank you for these things in Jesus' precious name. Well, uh, I remember a few uh, years ago, a time when I had to use a shovel. Now, I don't have to use a shovel very often, and um, my day job is to um, program, and so you can imagine I'm touching a keyboard and not tools, not a shovel. But um, I remember, yeah, a few years ago, I went to a sort of camp or young adults retreat, um, and this group called themselves Soul Survivor. And um, who's, who here has heard of Soul Survivor? A lot of you. Amazing. So they do some amazing work in um, rural communities in Australia, I guess. And um, some people from LifeGate, we went um, to, I think it was Goulburn we went to, and we were tasked with fixing up this, um, this girl's home. It was an abandoned building called St. Joseph's Girl's Home. And I remember walking into this building, and it was just 
messed up. It was broken. I remember one of the back rooms had um, like marks in the ceiling as if squatters had been in there and lit a fire inside and busted up the ceiling. So this was sort of the state of the place. And we went in to fix it up um, with the purpose of turning it into a mission center. And here's the team. Um, there we are holding shovels. And we were tasked with fixing up the front gardens. Um, oh, some people are just noticing David Odders on the, on the right there. Looking very young without a beard. He's from the Preston's campus as well. But um, yes, we were tasked with uh, fixing up the front gardens. And I don't know if you've ever dug into compacted dry dirt before. But I see some head nods. It's quite difficult. It takes a lot of effort. And we had to dig up some roots and just some junk and weeds from the front garden. And I remember it being a tough experience. It took a lot of work. It was hot and humid. I got sweaty. I got dirty. And then you sort of get like the sweat mixed with dirt, which is also pretty gross. And I want you to think for a moment, have you ever had to use a shovel yourself? Maybe you had to... No, that's good. Well, good answer. Well, um, maybe you had to do some gardening um, out the front or the back, or, or maybe you had to dig up an old tree that you didn't want anymore, dig under the roots, lift it out. Maybe you had to fix something. Maybe you had to dig down to some plumbing and fix it up. I want you to think about the experience. You need to think about the effort involved, maybe the sweat, maybe the tears. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment that I just informed you there's treasure buried in your backyard. Buried in your land, you own it. This treasure is worth millions and millions of dollars. All you have to do is dig until you find it. Friends, would you dig until you found this treasure? Absolutely you would. Or get someone else to do it, absolutely. But church, this morning, I believe that God wants us to dig until we find it. What do I mean by that? Well, as I was preparing this message, I used a preaching framework given to me through something called the School of Leadership. Um, LifeGate runs a school of leadership, and they help to equip some of the leaders in the church to um, be better leaders, lead people well. And one of these resources speaks about um, how to deliver a good message. And um, I was looking through this framework, and one of the phrases that it uses is it said, dig until you find it. And it was talking about um, how to clearly deliver a sermon topic and sort of to dig deep until you clarify the point so you can deliver it clearly. And so I was reading through this framework and I remember praying at the same time, God, I don't know what I'm speaking on at LifeGate. I don't know what to tell people. I don't know what to offer here. Um, And I was praying that and then the phrase, dig until you find it, came back to mind. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have a point, so I can't use that yet. So I kept praying Lord, what is it you want me to speak about? And the phrase, dig until you find it, came back to mind. And I sort of paused for a moment and thought, hang on, maybe God's saying something here. Um, So I asked, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to speak on? What do you mean, dig until you find it? And friends, I believe that God wants us to dig until we find it in Scripture. I believe this is a message for this year. God wants us to stop scratching the surface, perhaps, of his words and his Scripture and dig a little deeper. But how do we dig in Scripture? And why should we even bother? Well, to show you what I mean by digging, I thought, what better way than to show you some digging that I did myself? I want you to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And as you do, I'll give some context as to what the book of Proverbs is about and 
chapter 1. Um, we think that most of the um, passages in Proverbs were written by King Solomon. Um, and chapter 1, he's, he's addressing either his son or the audience listening to him for wisdom. And, and he says um, how, to, how to chase after wisdom, how to attain wisdom, and, and why you should attain wisdom. And he continues in chapter 2, he says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding... Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What a beautiful passage. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that in a five to ten minute quiet time in the mornings, you would glean everything you can out of this passage by quickly reading over it? I think the answer is probably not really, maybe, probably not. I want to encourage you this morning that quiet times, daily quiet times are necessary and we need to be in God's word daily, but it's not enough to scratch the surface. If we want to become close to God, I think that we should dig a little deeper into God's word. I believe God does want us to dig until we find it in scripture, but how? How do we do that? Well, I went digging myself to find out how to dig in Scripture, and I was a little bit overwhelmed with ways that you can dig deeper into God's Word. I found acronyms on how to dig deeper into God's Word. I found study guides. I found books. I found sermons. I found YouTube videos. I found blog posts from churches. And there's so much information and so many different ways that you can dig. But I want to give you something very simple this morning. I don't want to give you another framework you're going to forget when you walk out the door or give you a handout that you'll probably throw in the recycling bin on the way out. I want to give you a single point to remember. And that point is this. If you forget everything else in this message, remember this point. Write it out. What do I mean by that? Well, I believe there's something special that when we pick a passage of Scripture that we're reading or we're interested in, maybe it's something you've already read in your quiet times, to find a few verses and grab a physical pen, a physical piece of paper, and write out word for word, write out the passage that you've chosen. With technology, it's so easy to treat God's word as cheap and quick and not give it the value that it deserves. So I encourage you to write it out. And something happens, I don't know if you've done this before with God's word, but as you start to write and you copy each word and you put in the commas, and you notice what the sentence says, and then you continue, and you notice what the paragraph says, that your mind slows down a little bit. With devices especially, it's very easy to quickly read something and sort of forget it the next minute. So I encourage you to write it out. The next step is to dig deep. Once you've written out a passage, allocate some time. Allocate more time than you would daily. Maybe this can be a special trip to a cafe. You grab a coffee and you spend half an hour, an hour digging into a passage. Set aside the time. And here's what I did. Observe the passage. Sit with it for a moment. Have a look at it. What is it wanting to say? What is God wanting to say through this passage? You could use, again, so many different frameworks and ways of approaching this. But here's what I did. I looked for connections in a passage. Are there ifs and thens? You know, are there things connecting phrases or ideas? 
What are the actions involved in the passage? Does God require something of us? Is God doing something in the passage? Is there a person in the passage doing something? And are there promises of God? Are there promises that God wants to give to us in the passage? And there's so much more you could go into. So here's an example of what I did. Super messy. Just cheap and nasty. Grabbed a piece of paper, quickly wrote down the passage, and spent maybe 20, 25 minutes just looking at it. For some reason, I didn't have a highlighter, so I used like a whiteboard marker. That's weird. Um, so I just sat down and gave it some time, and I started to notice things. And this is the passage we just read. And I thought I could continue by going over it with you and showing you what I found. So what I did first was I observed the connections in the passage. So I noticed, okay, there's a few ifs here. So my son, if you accept my wisdom, indeed, if you call out, and if you look for, then you'll understand. And I continued, what's next? Okay, the actions. Oh, there's a lot of actions here, I noticed. If you accept my words, store up my commands within you, turn your ear, apply your heart, call out, cry aloud, look for it, search for it. Notice that there's quite a lot of action required of us in this passage. And then I found the sweet promise at the end, the promise of God. But you can see that even spending 20, 25 minutes on this, I noticed that there's a lot of action required of us to reach the promise at the end. Friends, I don't think I would have noticed this if I quickly read this passage in a quiet time. I did it again with a passage from Romans 8. And again, very messy. I don't expect you to read this, but Romans 8, 1 to 4, I just copied some of the passage out. And I want to quickly go through this one too. And I noticed some connections. There might be more in the passage. I noticed the actions. And they're past tense, things that have happened. And that was really interesting. And then I found the promises. So let's read this passage quickly. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's the condition. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did already, past tense, by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And I took this passage a little bit further. I sat with this for a moment and gave it some time that it deserved. And I found this beautiful thing, and the line is out of alignment. That's fine. I noticed this phrase here, the spirit who gives life. And I just sat with that for a moment, and I felt that God revealed part of his nature to me in this moment as I sat with the passage and gave it time. It's like God was saying, I'm the spirit who gives life. That is who I am. I thought that was just such a beautiful thing. Friends, again, I don't believe I would have noticed this if I didn't spend time in the passage. So why do we do this? Why should we dig until we find it in Scripture? There was this beautiful quote um, by a man named John Piper from a church in America. And this is from his book. He says, when my sons complain that a book is too hard to read, I say, raking is easy, but all you get is leaves. Digging is hard, but you might find diamonds. It's a beautiful quote. Friends, we dig because God reveals himself. We dig deep until we find it in Scripture because God reveals himself to us, his nature, his character, 
He shows us that he is the wise God, that we should come to him for wisdom. He shows that he is the spirit who gives life and brings freedom. Friends, this is so important for us this morning. And isn't that what we want in our Christian journey? Isn't the whole purpose of following Jesus and knowing God that he would reveal himself to us? That he has captured our heart, shown us his love, and that he continues a relationship with us. Friends, isn't that what you want this morning? Isn't that why you're here? That God would reveal himself. We have such an amazing opportunity through God's word. The next reason is, well, before that, I'll tell you a story. Um, So a few years ago, again, um, I was sitting at home, and I was working from home at the time, and I remember just feeling overwhelmed. I remember feeling this feeling of my heart racing, my my thoughts racing, um, sweaty palms, and being very concerned for what was happening in my day, and, and so much concern that I was like, what is happening to me? I don't understand what's going on. I have this feeling, what is it? And I don't know if you've ever experienced anxiety yourself to any degree, like a small degree, a big degree. It can feel like you're trapped in your own mind. It can feel like you're trapped in your thoughts. And you don't feel like there's anything you can do to snap out of that. That's what I felt like this day. Have you ever felt that way? I remember sitting down this particular day and grabbing my Bible and turning to a passage that I'd read so many times before. And that passage is Philippians 4 verse 6, and I'm sure some of you will know it. It reads, Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And verse 7 goes on, And God's peace, which is so great we cannot understand it, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I read that passage, and I'd read it so many times before. But today it was different. I sat down, I gave Scripture time, and I felt like as I read the words, do not worry, it changed from a command of, Stephen, stop worrying, that's silly, stop it, snap out of it, snap out of the anxiety. God changed it by his grace, by revealing who he is. He revealed that he is a powerful God, that he is in control, and that I do not need to be anxious. It's no longer a Stephen, stop being anxious. It's God is in control. You don't need to be anxious. And I felt the peace of God guard my heart and mind. Friends, we dig deep until we find it in Scripture because we are changed. As God reveals himself in his word, he changes us. And all we have to do is spend some time in it. Since that time, I have been less anxious, and it hasn't been nearly as bad as that day. I was changed because of this experience as I spent time in God's Word. So what does it mean to be changed? I believe that as we read God's Word, we're changed one sentence at a time. We can read the whole Bible, we can read a passage, but as we sit down and we dig deep into a passage, a sentence, a word, God changes us. As you said, uh, sorry, as I said, the moments where God revealed himself were in a few, a few words, and God revealed an aspect of his nature. So how does God change us? He makes us less anxious and helps us to trust him. He helps us to forgive others. 
He helps us to love those who offend us. And the list goes on. But when we encounter God in his word, he reveals himself and we are changed. And it's easy with technology, as I said before, to keep our Bible reading short and cheap. Imagine you didn't have your iPhone for a moment. You couldn't just flick open the Bible app, version, start reading God's word. You had to either physically carry around something like this, this brick, or a smaller version. Maybe wait till you got home. Look forward to the occasion, read God's word. Do you think that would change how we approach God's word? Technology is powerful. But we should be aware of what it can do. Now, I want you to think back for a moment to the treasure buried in your backyard. Imagine what it looks like. Now, imagine that you're digging and digging and clunk. You hit it. You've hit the treasure. You've dug until you found it. What does it look like? Imagine that it's, let's say, some gold coins from ancient times, and you pick it up, and you, you blow it off. Maybe you brush it off with something, and you sort of look at the inscriptions. What do you do? Would you hold it up to the light to see the different angles of the coin? You just found this treasure. I imagine that the, one of the first things I would do is to take a photo, post it online, and ask people, what is this? What's it worth? How's it going to change my life? Friends, isn't God's word the treasure this morning? Isn't this so much more valuable than any treasure of this world? That God has given us his wisdom, aspects of his character, the revelation about his son, Jesus, that we follow. In it we find wisdom and insight. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants to change you. He wants to equip you. He wants to empower you. He wants to heal you, set you free, teach him about himself. How can you do that unless you're spending time in God's word? So how does this relate to you this morning? Are you perhaps a new Christian? You haven't yet spent much time reading the Bible. Well, I encourage you to set aside some time, write out a passage, and dig deep until you find what it is God wants to show you. Are you maybe wanting a deeper relationship with God? You haven't been reading his word as you know you should have and are feeling guilty. Friends, I encourage you, dig deep until you find it. Set aside some time. Are you already doing a great job reading God's word consistently? I want to encourage you. Continue. Congratulations. You're doing well. Encourage us who are struggling. You know, this message this morning is, I dare say, mostly for myself. Um, I struggle to make time to read God's word daily and consistently. And something that I learned through preparing for this message is, in fact, that it's almost easier to allocate a large chunk of time when you've really been struggling for a time Allocate that chunk of time, come into God's word, dig deep, and from there, use that as the platform to get back into reading the Bible. Because what I found is that you'll be so encouraged, you'll be challenged, encouraged, blessed as you do that, and that will launch you forward. 
What do you think it would look like if each of us dug deeper into Scripture this year? Have a think. What could this church community look like? What could Padstow look like? I have a few thoughts. I think that maybe we would be more willing to give. We would realize that God is amazing. He is the giver. And that we have nothing to be afraid of because we've spent time in his word and understood his character. I believe we'd be more bold in speaking about Jesus because we'd actually have something to say. I know that when I haven't spent time in God's word, I can feel like I'm such a hypocrite to talk to anyone about Jesus because I haven't had any experiences with him recently. I haven't been spending time with him. But friends, when we do spend time in his word, he reveals himself and he changes us. I believe we share more testimonies of what God's doing because he'd be changing our thinking and our living. And the list goes on. So can I encourage you, I believe God is saying this year to dig until you find it in Scripture and summarize how do we do that. We grab a passage and write it out, spend time slowly reading through it, and dig deep into the passage. Spend some time. Let it settle. Don't make this a rushed thing. Give it some good space. I didn't write this down, but I also believe it's very important to pray as we do this. Ask God's Spirit to reveal what it is he wants to say. But why? Because God reveals himself as we dig into Scripture. Isn't that the whole point of what we're doing here today? That God would meet us. And friends, God changes us as we treasure his word. I'm going to pray for us. And then I'd welcome up the um, worship team. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the work that you've done for us, God, in so many ways. You've revealed yourself through Jesus. You've revealed yourself continually through the scriptures, God, your character, who you are the magnificence of who you are, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't take this for granted, God. I pray that we'd take action today, Lord, and set aside time. Set aside time to write out a passage and dig deep, God, searching for the treasure that you have. And God, this morning I pray that that settles into hearts, God, that this would be something people take action with. Lord, I bless you. I thank you for your presence here this morning. And I pray that you would reveal yourself to us and change us, God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 